0: Hey everyone, Christy McClellan here, and I want to invite you to a brand new event from Lifeway Women called Feast. At this event, you'll be invited to feast on God's Word by studying the Bible in its historical, cultural context. We're going to get to know the Bible in its world, in its native habitat, text, and context. You'll experience teaching worship led by my 25-year friend, Laura Cooksey, and fellowship with other women around the world. Come and learn with me that the living God is better than we ever knew. Visit com slash feast to learn more.
1: Welcome to the Mark podcast. I'm here with Kelly King. Hey, it's good to be back. And we are so excited today to talk with Lisa Turkhurst. You all know her already. We've talked with her a little bit briefly before, but we're excited to sit down with her and talk about her new Bible study and what all she's up to these days. So Lisa, if you'll just introduce yourself and tell us about your family and uh, your Bible study, your ministry, and what all your, what all's going on in your world.
2: Sure thing. Well, it's such an honor and joy to be with you both today. Um, So yes, I live in Charlotte, North Carolina. I am president of Proverbs 31 Ministries, and I'm a wife and a mom. I've got five kids that are all grown. They span in ages from 21 to 30. I can hardly believe that when I say it out loud. Um, Several of my kids are married. And uh, then the absolute joys of my life are my three grandbabies, ages four, three, and one and a half. Um, I love to write Bible studies. I love my partnership with Lifeway. Uh, We do a conference together called The Word Alive. And, um, it's just a really rich weekend full of deep Bible teaching and then really excited about my new Bible study on First and 2nd Kings that you just mentioned called Trustworthy. And, uh, that Bible study has been a long time coming. It took a (laughs) lot of study and a lot of research, but, um, I'm really excited. It's on two books of the Bible that I had not studied in depth before. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think they'll be really helpful for people. It's on 1st and 2nd Kings. But of course, you know, if you're studying (laughs) 1st and 2nd Kings, it's really six books of the Bible that you wind up touching in the study. 1st and 2nd Samuel, 1st and 2nd Kings, and 1st and 2nd Chronicles are really the focus of um, getting... All of the kings tied together. So, thanks so much for having me today. Yeah
0: one yes. of the one of the things that I the first time I saw it after it was printed and just kind of the whole book, mm-hmm. it just holding it. It was like substantial. Like yes. I felt like there was. Like there's some really rich content in this and and like you said, you know, this is something that maybe, you know, you hadn't researched much before, but a lot of women don't. So like what was your kind of like hope when as you wrote this and what were maybe some of the things that as you went through it that you discovered?
2: Well, it's funny because when I first pitched the idea of doing a Bible study on the kings of Israel, I was thinking in my mind Saul, David, (laughs) Solomon. Mm -hmm. And I thought I've been so fascinated with their stories for so long and exactly how the children of Israel um, decided that they wanted a king and some of the tension around that desire that they had. So I kind of went into it a little bit naive thinking, yeah, there's a handful of kings and it'll be good to study them. (laughs) Honestly, I had no idea how complex these books of the Bible are and how many kings there were. And um, so I think the wonderful thing about the way that I was able to approach this, though, is that I was as unfamiliar with all of the kings as maybe most people or the majority of people who will do the Bible study. So I did not approach this making big assumptions that people have A lot of inside knowledge about the kings. So if you think in your mind, wow, those are intimidating books, I will raise my hand and say, I thought that same thing too. And then you may also think, well, what does my life have to do with kings? You know, I'm not a king, I'll never be a king. And these are ancient kings of Israel. Um, is there anything here that's going to personally apply to my life? And I think, honestly, that's where I fell in love with these books of the Bible, because I found so much in common, not because I'm a king, but because I'm human, Mm -hmm. and because I want what I want sometimes. And really, when you get right down to it, uh, we have a lot more in common with these kings than what we probably have ever dared to verbalize before the study.
1: Yes. And I think like it was I told you, too, I was the editor on this study and here at Lifeway. And I that was kind of a blind spot in Scripture for me as well, because it's confusing. There are two kingdoms two kingdoms. Mm-hmm. And then there's, you know, a lot of these kings have the same name, which is just throws us off. Some of them have more than one name, like Jehoash and Joash. That's right. <laughs> and so I kept a chart uh, by my desk the whole time, just like, here is which kingdom is which, because I even get confused about Judah, Israel, which one is which. And, and so, and one of the things that I love about the Bible study, and we've already heard like feedback on, is we have a chart like that in the Bible study. And so I think that's so helpful and so encouraging to women who are like, I can't study all of these people. Like there's no way I can memorize all these Kings, which we're not asking anyone to do. (laughs) Um, But it's just, it's like you said, they are real people. They were real people in history and they were humans just like we were and thrust into this position of power. And they had a choice like we all do with whatever power we have um, to obey God or to trust God and not trust God. So Um, You kind of touched on this a little bit, but is there anything else you would encourage women who have been intimidated by either these books of the Bible or other books in the Bible? Because there are a lot of books that are intimidating. So like what kind of encouragement and kind of like maybe how to start studying something that is intimidating? What would you tell those women?
2: Well, I would say. First off, I really understand those feelings because Mm -hmm. I didn't grow up in church. And so in my early 20s, every Bible study I went to, I was very intimidated. I I always felt like everybody knew more than me. Um, And so when I write a Bible study, I'm always very, very sensitive to that. So I don't write my Bible studies um, with so much depth. That there's confusion. I write them so that we can dig deep, but mm-hmm. it's for the sake of clarifying it. And the presentation um, of the way that I teach it, um, the concepts aren't simple for sure. But the teaching style is very straightforward. And um, I love to take complex things and break them apart for uh, the average everyday person to be able to understand and connect with them. So I would say you need that kind of teaching, especially when you first start Bible study. But no matter if you've been you know, doing Bible study forever, and you're very, very familiar with how to do Bible study, or if you're brand new, I think you'll really enjoy Trustworthy because you can take this study as deep as you want to go. And you mentioned, you know, when you pick up the book, it's very substantial. And um, that's true, because you can, you can really spend quite a bit of time, especially if you go beyond the lessons, and there's a Mm -hmm. section For each week called Connecting the Kings. So because of the number of kings, we don't get to every single one. But if you have extra time and you want to dig even deeper, we give you a way to follow along so that you can really read every part of the books, First and Second Kings, if you have time to do that. And you can keep the kings connected in a timeline. So um, I love that. And then For people who pick up the book and they think, "No way, I don't have time for this," Um, I think you would be surprised how much you would get out of it if you even just stick your toes into each week. Maybe you don't do all the lessons, but if you especially watch the videos, you will learn so much. And of course, we recorded the videos over in Israel, Mm -hmm. so it gives you a Holy Land experience right from the comfort of your own home or your own computer, wherever you're streaming the videos.
0: Yeah, what were some of the things I, I? When, when you taped in Israel, maybe there was something kind of surprising mm-hmm. or maybe knew that you just, it was kind of that aha moment of like, okay, I get it. Because I think women will get that when they watch the videos. Yeah,
2: Definitely. I had two of those that were very, very profound. I had several, but <laughs> two of my favorites were um, in one of the places we went. It's um, in northern Israel called Tel Dan, and um, we were studying Jeroboam. So Jeroboam is a very interesting king because after Solomon, um, his son Rehoboam is the one that um, takes the throne. But Rehoboam does some things that were very harsh and unkind mm-hmm. to the people. And that's where the kingdom splits into northern Israel, the northern kingdoms and the southern kingdoms. So um, Jeroboam is the one brought in power um, that is in power of the northern kingdoms when Rehoboam is then, his kingdom is diminished down to just the southern region. So when we went to Tell Dan and we learned about Jeroboam, I will never forget the guide explaining to me what a high place is. Now, you'll hear a lot about the kings that dis pleased the Lord or that dishonored the Lord, it's because they they built high places or they refused to tear down the high places. That's but honestly, right. I never had a proper visual picture. What is a high place? I kind of pictured it as like a deer stand, if you will, uh-huh. like a wooden platform yeah. <laughs> with idols and trinkets hanging on it. But when we went to Tell Dan, we got to see the actual high place that Jeroboam built that so displeased the lord mm-hmm. and what a high place actually is is a stage a platform a pulpit and it's not so much the structure that is concerning to the lord but it's what the people did with the platform and so you i'm sure you can instantly start to translate that sure. into our world today you know Um, especially with social media, I think pretty much every person has some sort of platform where they are declaring uh, what's most important to them or what they really value in their life from that platform. And you don't have to be on a stage. You could just have an Instagram account. right? Right. And I think it's such a good warning to us that every time we have an opportunity to influence other people, how we're using that influence really determines whether that is a sacred space of us honoring the Lord or whether it's someplace that is dishonoring because we're just bringing attention to ourselves. And I know I'm stepping on my own toes here, but I do think it's something that we have in common with the Kings and something really worth thinking about.
1: Yeah, and one thing that is really cool is we actually took a picture of the high place that still exists, you know, that where you film the videos, and it's in the Bible study too. So that way everybody, whether they can see the videos or not, they can kind of get that idea yeah. in their head. And and there's a map
0: too. I, I want yes, to say there was a map that yes. kind of located the high places. Yeah, there's a the, map yeah.
1: of all the high places that just kind of shows how prevalent Prevalent? I cannot prevalent. say that word. Thank prevalent, you. Yes. Prevalent. They were at the time and how, I mean, that was kind of a thing that was everywhere. And um, yeah, and you learn more about how Jeroboam did or did not obey God, like in the study about what he did with the high places was kind of fascinating to me because it was a little bit different from the other, some of the other kings. But yes, I agree. Yeah. Um, you know, we all have a platform, whether that is on social media or sometimes your platform is in your home and mm-hmm. your kids are watching what That's you're doing, right. And so they know what you value above all else. Um, one of the, uh, oh, did you have another?
2: another? Uh, you, oh yeah. I was just going to say the other one that was one of my favorites was uh, King Hezekiah. And um, we actually got to go in the site where they're They're really doing a lot of dig work for um, this tunnel that King Mm -hmm. Hezekiah, it was a brilliant military strategy because he went outside the city to Gihon Springs and had workers working on both ends, and they met in the middle, and that provided this water source so that if people came to, if, if the city of Jerusalem came under siege, that they could still get water from outside of the city. Um, so I loved that filming site mm-hmm. as well. But then in the workbook, what we learn about Hezekiah was such a profound warning to my heart that Hezekiah's struggle with trusting God didn't come in a time of hardship. It was on the other side of God doing a miracle for him and God giving Hezekiah exactly what he asked for. And then right on the heels of that profound demonstration of God's faithfulness, Hezekiah then does something that um, haunted generations to come. So all of these lessons, again, even though we're talking about ancient kings, are so relevant to our everyday life. Yeah. Yeah. Did you get to walk through the Hezekiah's tunnel? Did Did you do that? We did, yes. Now, we didn't go all the way through it, but... Um, the part that we saw was fascinating and and one of our guides that was um, telling us about the dig site, they um, they found some uh, like an ancient um, bell that would have been on the high priest's robe, and so at some point, a high priest was walking from inside the city through Hezekiah's tunnel and up um, to uh, the temple. And so mm-hmm. some of the things that they found provide such rich evidence that what we're reading about in the Bible, it's not just biblical, it's, it's historical and it's really That's fascinating. Right.
0: Yeah. My husband and my son actually did that. Um, my son was 16 and that probably one of his most impactful moments um, on that trip was, was actually like, they wore headlamps and they went through wow. part of the tunnel and he still talks about that. Just very um, very cool to see how, how many years ago that was mm-hmm. and just how we can experience that even today. Yeah. I, another thing that was kind of a theme in the study was the theme of remembrance. And so we, we see that a lot of times the kings just forgot the promises and the warnings of God. And, and, and when we look at the title of, you know, this is trustworthy, how does forgetting God's promises, how does that lead to distrust?
2: Well, I think it plays out in different ways and, and in different kings, but one of the most tragic to me was King Solomon mm. because he, the Lord had made very, very clear promises to Solomon that if you obey me and, and if you walk in my ways, then all of these amazing blessings of security will be yours. But if you don't do that, then this is what's going to happen. And several times, God lays it out just that clear for these kings. But in Solomon's case, he allowed his pagan wives, which that in and of itself was an act of disobedience to marry women who were foreign birth, And it's because they brought in the religious influences of worshiping false gods um, that was part of their culture. And, um, and it says that his heart clung fast. That he would just hold fast to these women and they influenced him. And he allowed his pagan wives to build high places or alternate places of worship actually on the Mount of Olives. And we see in scripture, you know, just this devastating reality of of what happened to his heart. And we know that Solomon at the time was the wisest man alive. And we just see, even with such wisdom that God had gifted to Solomon, how um, his heart over time was so influenced away from God. And it's such a strong warning to us as well.
1: Yeah. And I think, I think you also talk about it the the practice of remembrance there's actually a day called that in in the week where we discuss Rehoboam and Jeroboam. and you talk about how like the practice of remembering is so important for obedience and for trusting and I, I think that is exactly what Solomon Solomon forgot. He forgot both the promise and the warning that God had for him. And so as we think about like how we apply this to our lives today, how can we, what are some practical steps that we can take to practice remembering what God has told us, what God has promised us, and then also like what God has commanded of us? What are some practical steps we can take to to continue that practice?
2: Well, for me, I have to stop and intentionally trace the hands of God's faithfulness in my life. Mm-hmm. And I know we're not supposed to um, always look back, but I think sometimes looking at our life and finding the hand of God and tracing that faithfulness of God through what He's done in the past can provide hindsight that gives us wisdom for moving forward, especially if you're in a season where you're afraid, the future feels uncertain, you can't quite figure out what God is doing, you know God is faithful, but your circumstances are in the present feel so scary and so unknown. I think it's important for us to practice remembering God was faithful before and he will be faithful Mm. today and he will be faithful tomorrow. And doing that for me is pretty profound. And sometimes, you know, it's helpful for me to even just write some of those things out. Like Lisa, remember, remember what God did. Remember when you prayed this, and maybe God didn't answer your prayer the exact way that you prayed it, but this is what he did and his way was better and his right. way led you forward and he did protect you and he did provide for you. And so for me, that's a very profound and powerful exercise because I'll be honest, um, I can really get caught up in being anxious and afraid. And when I get anxious and afraid, that's when I want to start taking things in. Um, and doing them my way and in my timing, because I'm so eager to be comforted. I'm so eager for some reassurance and I want to see that things are going to be okay. And so that's where I can find myself slipping, taking control back from God. And it's like, I say, I trust God with my mouth, but there's a quote I put in the study. Sometimes I would rather tame God than trust him. Mm-hmm. That's not an easy thing to admit, but it, it is true. So for me, this practice of remembrance is absolutely crucial.
0: Yeah, I, I like to. I always think of the metaphor of just like when you're driving up a mountain, and you really can't always see what's ahead around the next curve. But when you get to certain points on the mountain, you can pull out and you can see the road behind you, and you can see where you've come, and you can go. Well, you know what? That was a hard curve, or that was I wasn't sure what was ahead there, but. I'm at this point in my journey and, and yeah, and that God was faithful. And Mm -hmm. so I think that's such a good practice for all of us. And there were even some things in the back of the book, like we've got these cards that you kind of encourage women to, to write some, some things each week of of just almost like a, a journaling card, but they're, they're really nice. Talk about just, you know, what was the purpose in, in that and, and helping women?
2: Well, I, I feel bad because I think we probably drove Elizabeth crazy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no. um, in, in parts of this with all of our ideas. But for me, I know that, that if I'm going to spend time studying all of these things, I, I want to know that I'm going to walk away with life lessons that mark me as right. uh, this was a significant study and this is what I learned and this is what I'm going to carry from it. And I, I like those practical Markers in my life to know that, you know, because I did this trustworthy study, I'm forever going to carry these life lessons with me. So mm-hmm. the cards for me are a way not only to help remember the different kings and what we studied that week and why those life lessons are important, but they also helped me to um, write things down on a personal level so that I wouldn't forget. And uh, so, Elizabeth, thank you for your incredible patience with all of these ideas that we had. And and you brought so many fun things to the table, too. But, you know, when you do a big Bible study, I I didn't want people just to check it off the list and say I did it. I wanted people to really remember that these lessons are significant and we can carry them and apply them. And this is going to be a Bible study that really will change your life.
0: Yeah. Yeah, let me I'll just uh, just. I'll read one of them that was on week four for Hezekiah. And on one side, it just says, nothing tests our trust like fear, but fear fades when we trust the strength and sovereignty of our God. And then on the back, you know, women can just use this card and says, how does this truth help me trust God more today? Mm -hmm. And I I know some people in my own life that are going through some really difficult times, and I just think it, it does, our trust that what's tested is lots of times fear because we don't know, but when we really trust in the sovereignty of God, I think those are going to be almost like just little handles for yeah. women to just go, okay, this week mm-hmm. I, I learned about Hezekiah, but I, I can set aside my fear and I can trust in the sovereignty of yes. God.
1: And I think the all these extra features are great because they do help people to kind of carry it forward. So that it helps them to remember what they've learned. But you also have some tools in the back Uh, as well that are just like statements of trust and prayers that people can pray and also like a reading plan. And so there's lots of things for continued study, even after you finish a trustworthy, which I think is a great, um, just an excellent feature and helps make it so substantial. Well, that and and just when we for
0: a woman who's looking for a Bible study, right. and they go, "Oh, do I really want to do First and Second Kings? What is?" It? But to to go, okay, no, this really does yes. apply to me,
1: and it is like you said, very approachable. Um, and yet, we still also have the opportunity to dig deeper if you want to do that. And that's so, uh, you can kind of like choose your own adventure a little bit and kind of do everything in the book, or you know, just watch the videos, like you said. Or um, you're going to get something out of it no matter what. And so that's what we love. About this study and and so many of our studies is are like that, just where it's very approachable and yet there is also the opportunity to to kind of dive in really deep if you have the time and the space in your life at the, at this moment. Because I know sometimes it's just a matter of like you're in a season where you have toddlers hanging out and so you're not going to be able to do all this stuff in the book and that is totally fine. Um, but yeah, I love all of that. And so we did want to ask you a little bit uh, before before we let you go, about the Word Alive. So I have heard that it's going to be changing up a little bit. And so we just kind of wanted to hear what uh, what's in store for the Word Alive event um, in 2020.
2: Yes, well, I'm so excited about it. If, um, if anyone has been to Word Alive before, then, you know, we open up God's Word and really go through uh, the scripture with great intentionality. And one of my goals is that when someone leaves the word alive, they feel better equipped to understand something very significant about the Bible. So what we did with the conference in the past couple of years is I wanted to introduce people to the overarching. Narrative of the Bible. And so we really started in Genesis and went into Revelation went into the Gospels and prophecy and and gave people um, a a Theme that really could carry them through to understand the meta-narrative of the of the scripture So now what I want to do in the upcoming Word Alive um, events is tackle the topic of forgiveness and how Forgiveness is a major cornerstone of our Christian faith, but so many of us really don't understand exactly how to forgive and what does the Bible say about forgiveness and how do we forgive but not uh, enable bad behavior? You know, some people are in situations of abuse where it's not wise to reconcile. So does forgiveness and reconciliation always work together. And we find in the Bible, no, forgiveness is a command by God, but reconciliation is very conditional based on the relationship and some of the dynamics of the individuals in those relationships. And then there's a lot of misunderstandings about forgiveness. A lot of people will say, you know, well, what the Bible says, forgive and forget. Well, actually, the Bible doesn't say to forgive and forget. I mean, Mm -hmm. it does say that God is able to take our sins and put them into the depths of the sea that God has uh, the unique ability to, if you want to use that simple phrase, forgive and forget, but that's not a command that, um, that seems to be there for people. And so I spent with my theological team over a thousand hours studying forgiveness and really will be able to present in a very, um, relevant, raw, um, honest way from my own life experiences that have been hard and my own resistance to forgiveness will be able to present the, the biblical truth of forgiveness, what the Bible says, what it doesn't say, and how in the world do we live a life of forgiveness?
0: Oh, that sounds so good. And I was thinking, you know, the word alive is very unique because it really is a little hands-on and, and you you touch and feel and smell and all those things. Do you still see that being incorporated in the event?
2: Yes, we will have a lot of practical application um, times in the Word Alive. And that's part of what I think makes this conference so special. Sometimes with a conference, you go and you take notes, but then you have to wait until you get home, revisit your notes, and then remember to apply what the teaching is. But with the word alive, we have application times where we actually apply the lessons we're learning from the Bible in real time. There's times of reflection, there's times of journaling, there's um, a lot of note taking, but then there's hands on activities where you'll actually um, do some acts of forgiveness right there in the conference. And and I I really think it's going to be very profound for people. Well,
0: I think that's so good for different learning styles too, because mm-hmm. sometimes we, when we go to conferences, it's it's all auditory learning. But this is incorporating more of the visuals and the kinesthetic, and I think that's such a a unique aspect and yet really needed. Yes. for today.
1: And we also love that Ellie Holcomb is a part that's of right. it, and she's you know the way that y'all interact with worship and teaching is is a unique thing about the conference as well that I think um, people. We'll love to be a part of that. It's very – you participate when you come to those, which I I love. And so we'll put – I love that too. Yeah. And we'll put the links to to that uh, conference in the show notes so everybody can see where we're headed this year. And if you want to register to go to one of those, there will be a link in the show notes. So we'll make sure that's there. But we did also have one last question for you. This is the question that we always ask – everyone. And so we wanted to know, Lisa, what
2: has marked you in your life? I think probably one of the most profound things that has marked me is the way the Lord has carried me in the last five years. Mm -hmm. Um, The Lord has been so good and so gracious to um, just help me survive a life season that has been traumatic and scary and unexpected, chaotic. Um, You know, and for those people who know my story, um, you know what I'm talking about. But if you're not familiar, um, you know, I had a pretty devastating marriage situation that happened in my life. And um, there was a long season where um, I did not think that my husband was going to choose to come home. And I you know, I really had to learn to rely on the Lord in a way that I never have before. And that experience with God and the journey of um, what he did, not only in my life and in my heart and how he protected me and protected my kids, but then seeing the miracle that he did in my husband's life and The eventual, and I say eventual because it was a very long time coming, um, but the eventual miracle that God did in my husband's life, it has forever changed me. It's forever marked me. It's forever made me so much more tender Mm -hmm. for other people and the devastating situations that we all walk through. And so even if someone's circumstances are different than mine, we all know what heartbreak feels like. We all know what suffering feels like. And I think it will forever change the way I teach God's word and forever change the way I look at other people and um, the tenderness by which we need to be caring for each other's heart. Mm.
1: Yes, I I knew about your story, and I think that is one of the things that whenever there's a traumatic event, of course, your first thought is not, oh, look at how God is going to use this. But it is something that I think we can, you know, in in Corinthians where it says we comfort others with the comfort that we receive from God. And so I think um, on the other side of these things, it is always so profound to look back and see how God is using that in your ministry and how um, he will use, continue to use that over and over. Like you said, even if it's just uh, bringing a compassion to you because you know that, you know what it feels like, you know, in a way that um, someone who hasn't gone through a similar situation can't know. And so I think um, we're as, as, Weird as it sounds, like we almost praise God for those situations in the end because we know we were able to see his faithfulness through the whole thing. Um, and for sure we would wish that we could learn that lesson right. a different way. But, um, yeah, and I'm I'm so thankful for the way that you have already been using your story um, in your ministry to show compassion to others. And I think that comes through even in your Bible study because um, trustworthy. it's so hard to trust in a God that— uh, if we don't see His faithfulness, and so I think um, that has already come through, and I just I want to say thank you for being willing to use that, um, yeah, and for your
0: transparency, the hurt and
1: the pain that yes. you were going through to to
0: yeah. minister to others, yeah, so absolutely, thank you. Yeah, well, we are well, so thank you, guys. Well, thank you so much for being with us today, Lisa. Um, yeah. I did look up the cities where you're going to be next year for The Word Alive, and you're going to be in Louisiana, Alabama, Virginia. So we hope that our listeners will be able to come and, and just hear you in person. And, mm-hmm. and we really want to encourage our listeners to grab a copy of Trustworthy and, yes. and go through that. Um, we and think it'll be a really great study for you.
1: And if you are listening when this comes out in early January, I think Proverbs 31 is leading an online That's Bible study, right. correct? with trustworthy that's
2: right we are so excited about our online bible study because we've got a pretty fantastic team of gals that i've partnered with inside the ministry of proverbs 31 and i think we're going to have thousands of women linking arms learning how to trust god on an even deeper level um all across the world so i think it's going to be a really exciting study and i hope you guys will join
0: yeah how can they connect to that lisa if they want
2: to yeah, so just go to Proverbs31.org and right on the homepage, you'll see information about the online Bible study. So click on that and we'd love to have you join us.
1: And we'll also put a link in the show notes so anybody can just click through there if they're on iTunes or or whatever, wherever you get your podcast. And so we're so thankful to be able to talk to you today, Lisa, and uh, we're looking forward to seeing how God continues to use your story and also this Bible study, Trustworthy, as well as your events, uh, to glorify him and to bring others closer to him. So thank you so much.
2: Well, thank you. And Elizabeth, thank you so much for all your investment in this project. You, Your fingerprints are all over this study. So I'm forever grateful for the investment you made as well. Well, it is such an honor to work on that
1: with you. So I'm so thankful for that as well. Um, well, we will talk to y'all right. next week or in two weeks. Okay, and so see you later.
0: Thanks so much for listening. If you want to join in on the conversation, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Kelly B King and at Edie Heineman. Use the hashtag marked podcast to connect with us. You can also find LifeWay
1: Women on all social media channels at LifeWay Women. All of today's show notes will be posted
0: at LifeWayWomen.com podcast. If you love the show, leave an iTunes review. It's a great way for other people to hear about the podcast. We'll see you next time.